You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast. We read them so you don't have to, because instead of coal, Santa's brought us these damn books. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Bennett, who would like you to know that the proper term is Santa's helper, not elf. Benedict! Not even a bit of laughter for that one. Nope. Your face didn't even move. You didn't even react. I'm a, I'm a discerning it's... audience member. <laughs> Benedict, your favorite make holiday me laugh. movie. I'm your friend. I have to laugh at your jokes. If you can't make me laugh, then what chance do you have with our audience? Well, look, here's the problem. It's it's fu- it's the fucking Christmas episode, mm. and I'm supposed to somehow relate this all to a goddamn Santa and shit yeah. and find stuff that's still funny Holiday. and hasn't been done a thousand times. Holiday it isn't episode. probably a fucking Babylon B headline that I just stole there because I took their one joke. Yeah. Wait, are God we are we calling it. it the Christmas episode or the holiday episode? Ah, uh, holiday episode. Okay. Fuck it. Holiday episode all, right. all the way. Benedict, what's your favorite holiday movie? Oh, good question. Um, pass. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because you have a racist one? No, Is that why, why you're a racist, racist one? No, I, I don't know. There's some racist I'm holiday. Sure have I... you ever watched White Christmas? No. There's a minstrel show song and dance number in that That's movie. That's not great. Um, There's a minstrel show song. I yes, know. it's not. It's not good. I'm not sure what my favorite holiday movie is. I, uh, yeah, I really, I don't. Random. I don't think I'm a big. The la- Okay, I'll tell you the last one I watched, which was uh, Love Hard on Netflix. Which, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Love Hard. Yeah. Is this a sequel to the Dewey Cox story? No. <laughs> no, cause it's fuck? it's supposed to be like a mix of Love Actually and Die Hard. That's the title. Because de- that there sounds. It terrible. contains references to um, both the both Love Actually and Die Hard as Christmas movies, uh. and it's very contrived and it's not a great movie. But it does have mm-hmm. a rewritten version of Baby It's Cold Outside, which is actually quite good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like Baby It's Cold Outside, or, 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 or she's like, I really must go, and he's like, Then leave. That's fine. I'm not keeping you here. <laughs> Which is a much better than the original version. I think we will. The non rapey version. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, I get exactly. it. I get exactly. it. Exactly. So that was quite fun. And it's it's got um, the guy who plays Jin Yang in Silicon Valley. It's oh, like everyone the, loves Jin the, Yang. The, the everyone star. loves Jin so, Yang. And it's yeah. about him catfishing someone. So that's fun. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a I'm, weird I'm movie. I'm not going to watch no, this movie. It's on I'm Netflix if anyone would like to movie. watch it. Um, okay, what's your favorite? My favorite, Ke- uh, Benedict. As Kevin, did you just call yes, me Kevin? Well, because leading into what I'm saying, uh, as someone who grew up a Kevin, uh, is of course mm. Home Alone. Oh, it has to be. Okay, yeah, that's has to ho- And I'm talking the original two, not this Home Alone three shit, not this remake nonsense. Home Alone and Home Alone two. Those are the only two that are canon. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Not sure about you that. You know, you know the deep lore of the Home Alone universe. Mm-hmm. The 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 head canon of the yeah. Yes, yeah, it mainly has to do with Kevin's body count. It's really weird. Mm, that's gets weird. out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, come on, Home Alone. I think the traps were better in number two. Mm. But I think is uh, number two lost in New York. Yes, yes, okay. the Lost in New York one where uh, you know Donald Trump's in it, which is fantastic. Sure, um, didn't they yeah. con- like? Didn't they consider editing him out of it? I don't for remember a if that was a thing or if that was just a joke okay. that went around last holiday season uh, about editing Trump digitally out of the movie or something. I don't remember if that was actually real or not. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. tell these days. It's still, still a uh, great set of movies, great times. Um, I think I've only seen in a winter one. Home Away <laughs> once, 
and I think I've only pa- seen Pardon? I think Home I've, Away? Home Away. Yep. Home Away? Yeah, that's what I said. How I think I've only seen it once. Um, Home Alone. I think I've only seen it once, and I think I've only seen the first one. Wow. Yeah. We're going to have to. We're going to have to do a... A patron-only <laughs> episode. <laughs> That'd be the worst patron-only we'd ever done. Uh, but anyways, Benedict, you probably know, but the listeners may not, what exactly that it was, we do here on yep. this... I'm trying to make everything holiday-related, and it's just... On this holiday show. And it's just show, making you fuck up a lot. <laughs> everything about the holidays is so contrived. Throws you I off. I think that's the point. So this Where episode will be very jingle, contrived. Jingle, jingle, jingle. To, pl- <laughs> to plumb the depths of right-wing thought. I but hate everything about this. This is supposed to be a good episode. For the work of conservative nonfiction. For all our new listeners, this is supposed to be and the best between, of us. in between, we take a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again. Benedict, start us off this week. Do you have a hot take for us this week? Holiday uh, week. Holiday week. Ooh, a holiday hot take. Uh, it's that mm. no one should go home for Christmas, probably. <laughs> I'm with you on that yep. one. As someone who's flying uh, on yeah. Sunday. We both are. Back, which is not yeah, good. And then I'm coming back the day after Christmas. So uh, that's that's going to be fun, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, it's not great. Um, and a little concerning. So, you know, this, this may be an episode from... This may be our last episode for a while. Yeah. If I get yeah. stuck. If Benedict gets arrested for assaulting a child in an airport... Mm, possibility. Um, you know. Actually, irregularity. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to delay for a little while. Yeah, I can do that now because I'm a citizen and I'm not going to get deported. <laughs> There's no risk of being kicked out of the country. Yeah, you can exactly. assault all the children you want. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry, Benedict. You have a lawyer now. Uh-huh. All right, what's your hot take? My hot take this, Benedict. Uh, some words. You know, this is the season of, of wonderment. It's the season of uh, joy. It's the season of magic. And mm. I would say... Some words still do carry magic, and for me, the word that I f- the words that I found carry some magic this week are, I'm an attorney, mm. uh, <laughs> which is just a great phrase to get to say to people on the phone. Is this you uh, like carroting it up in your local coffee shop because it's not hot enough? No, it's... no, this is me in my office calling mm. people, having to explain who I am, and for the first time, uh, having to use that phrase. Mm. I'm an attorney at blank, uh, and, you know, it, it, it carries a little bit of magic with it. It really, <laughs> there's a power, even though, like, all my phone calls are just, like, I'm trying to get information from people, there's nothing stressful about the call. There's nothing, I'm, I'm not trying to force anyone to give me um, give me a deal or whatever mm. the case. I'm just like, hey, I was calling to follow up on this thing. Um, I still get to say those words, and it still feels really, really, okay. really good. I'm happy about it. Okay, that's nice. A little bit of holiday magic. Anyways, Benedict, so a little bit of housekeeping this week. Uh, Remember to rate and view us on iTunes, five stars, all that good stuff. Follow us on all the social medias, uh, at NYGBCPod on Twitter. Uh, And, of course, uh, I forgot to mention this last week, uh, the patron-only bonus, uh, because of all the travel we're doing. I don't think we, we, I should just say, we screwed up scheduling. It is our fault. Uh, by our, I mean mainly Benedict didn't tell me early enough when he was going to be traveling, mm-hmm. so I wasn't able to do the scheduling because everything in the show is my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're probably not going to have time to get one recorded before the end of the month, so we're going to try and double up in January, which also means we'll be getting through our <laughs> patron-only book review and be done with it of None Dare Call It Conspiracy by Gary Allen and Larry Abraham. And uh, after that, going into February, we'll be starting a brand new patron-only book review, which should be a lot of fun. I think I mentioned last time, we're probably going to be going to The Conscience of a Conservative by Barry Goldwater uh, and doing that, which we sort of did in the past. We did a chapter from it, maybe. But I think we're going to do it in the way that we have done None Dare Call It Conspiracy by going through chapter by chapter with me reading it to Benedict, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, which has turned out to be a pretty fun way to do those patron-only bonuses. So you have that to look forward to. I'm sorry you're not going to get it uh, this month because we screwed up, as I said. Uh, Again, I will commit seppuku with a beach ball, as I promised last time for whatever mistake I made last week. But we will be doubling up. We'll be getting it to you. And with that out of the way, Benedict, I have some updates for you. Okay. And these updates, these updates are great. Uh, We talked about Ludwig von Mies. We mm-hmm. talked about the von Mies Institute a few weeks ago. We went and, and looked at some some really uh, fun stuff they were talking. But I realized, you know, 
I didn't really talk so much about the things that those people actually say, other than Murray Rothbard and Lou Rockwell, who were the two figures I sort of used that episode to take a little bit of a look at. So I decided this week, Benedict, I'd give you a flavor of what's on the Von Mies Institute website. For example, Benedict, this article posted in 2018, Price Gouging, a Life-Saving Market Mechanism by Mm. T.J. Roberts. (laughs) Which begins with the sentence, as Hurricane Florence prepares to ravage the southeastern United States. Oh, no. (laughs) Is it defending people charging $10 for a loaf of bread? Okay, cool. It's defending price gouging. It absolutely is. Um, I feel like one of the things, this is the problem we have when I talk to you about uh, a lot of the people that we discuss on the show. Um, mm. You never believe me when I tell you that they believe the things that they believe. And this is one of those things I have to do to reinforce the fact to you that, no, these people actually do believe this shit. Because there's another article on here, Benedict, titled, Price Gouging is Essential and Humane mm. by Andrew Mitchell. Benedict, this was posted January 30th, 2007. Anything around that time that (laughs) springs to your mind? No. The article begins. Recently, Anderson Cooper and one of his correspondents, Gary Tuckman, condemned price gouging in New Orleans. Oh, shit. As if they were reporting. (laughs) Yes, Benedict. (laughs) They are defending. They are calling price gouging essential and humane after Hurricane Katrina. Is that as late as 2007? I thought it was earlier than that. 05, 06. So there's, you know, they're just a little late in writing their bullshit article. Yeah, because you can't write that at the height of it. You can't be like, actually, we should charge. You can't have that show up when people are actually Googling Hurricane Katrina and price gouging. You put that up much later so Mm -hmm. that the the amount of people Googling that topic is much, much lower. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other things that come up on their website, Bennett, here's uh, one entitled The Case for Legalizing Blackmail. Cool. Posted 2019. That That one posted February 21st, 2019. Was someone trying to blackmail someone? Who who authored this? Has the FBI been in touch? You know what? You know what's really funny, Benedict, is uh, when I, I uh, did my uh, – because, you know, I don't I don't search on the Von Mies website. I do it on Google. I do, like, a site search mm. or stuff like that. The one that popped up underneath that uh, is from April 8th, 2021, and it is titled, How the Feds Blackmail Colleges and Universities. Okay. Make up your minds. Well, it's, it's illegal when the feds do it. Of course. Anything the feds you know, do should be illegal. Source not scope, as we've learned so many times mm, now from yep. these libertarians. But Benedict, the creme de la creme. Oh, wow. The greatest. Okay. Pos- possibly one of the finest pieces of literature available on the Von Mies Institute website was written by Murray Rothbard himself. Okay. This is from his book, The Ethics of Liberty. And mm. they uh, just excerpted it and put it on their website uh, it, he wrote it before he died, obviously, in 1995, but they put it up sometime in, in 2007. Uh, and this is from a section entitled, Children and Rights. Allow me to read you a paragraph, Benedict. Quote, Applying our theory to parents and children, this means that a parent does not have the right to aggress against his children, mm-hmm. but also that the parent should not have a legal obligation to feed, clothe, or educate his children, since such obligations would entail positive acts coerced upon the parent and depriving the parent of his rights. The parent, therefore, may not murder or mutilate his child, and the law properly outlaws a parent from doing so, but the parent should have the legal right not to feed the child, i.e. to allow it to die. What? (laughs) He put that on paper! So here's the thing. In my head, I was formulating because I thought his argument was going to be, oh, you shouldn't have to educate your children. And in my head, the argument ad absurdum for that was, yeah, you shouldn't have to feed the child either. (laughs) And then he he just tweeted it out. You'll run into their actual arguments, Yeah, if you do the argument ad absurdum, (laughs) that's just what they've written. Okay. But Benedict, but Benedict, uh, take heart, because the end of this paragraph is the following sentence, quote, Though, as we shall see below, in a libertarian society, the existence of a free baby market will bring such neglect down to a minimum. What? (laughs) Does he explain what... 
Does he explain what that means? Is it like a... Benedict, what do you think a free baby market means? I, I just, I want your impression first. What do you think a free baby market means? I don't want to say. Benedict, it means what you think it means. Okay. It means a free baby market. As in just like people giving away their babies? <laughs> no, Benedict, a market for babies, which is free in the Von Miesian sense. In that there is no regulation upon the selling of children. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Free. Okay. That's worse even than what I had in my head. Wow. Okay. Well, Benedict, it would be immoral to regulate the baby market. Because that puts obligations on people who are trying to sell their babies. I might have to quit this whole podcast. Uh, this might be our last one. I might just have to put the mic down now. I look forward to the coming months being able to bring you more fine headlines from the people at the Von Mies Institute. Wow. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. It's really it's good not. stuff. It's not. Oh, uh, anyways, Ben, why don't we get into what we have? This actually, I should, should just say, uh, Spooky New World Order. Obviously, we are recording ahead. Um, I don't have any right now, although we did, you know, a bunch of people were tweeting about us today, and I probably should have just picked somebody to give the Spooky New World Order. But if you want to join the Spooky New World Order, of course you can by tweeting about the show or uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, sending me a picture of it. Uh, uh, of that to me or uh, of course commenting about us anywhere on the internet where people will see about it and then of course if you do so we will add you to our and actually i do have someone jack frost jack mm. frost on twitter uh what a christmasy episode right isn't that perfect uh you are this week's inductee into our new world spooky world order thank you so very much jack frost and with that out of the way benedict why don't we get into this week's topic? Which is, of course, as it is the holidays, I think you remember last year um, we did a chapter from a book by John Gibson about the war mm -hmm. on Christmas and how it was so totally, absolutely real and not a made-up non-thing that the right was screaming about because I... all they have at the end is culture war. Honestly, do not remember that, but I'm sure we did. <laughs> I think a lot of well, these I just black out, honestly. I, 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 I... You know, to be honest, there are episodes we've done that when I look back through our catalog, which, by the way, we are uh, five episodes away from 100 episodes. Oh, look at that. Um, when I look back through our catalog, I forgot that we did an episode about blank. There are very many episodes where I'm like, oh, shit, we talked about that. We should just re-release um, those episodes the weeks we don't have to record. all the time. <laughs> Anyways, Benedict, this year, this holiday season, we are, of course, talking about the War on Christmas. And this is not a new war. It is, in fact, one no, that we've No, it's America's been longest war. <laughs> America's longest-running war, Benedict. We've been fighting it for centuries because, as you might know, but the listener might, um, <laughs> Stop uh, the first group to attempt to ban Christmas in North America were the Puritan settlers of the Massachusetts Bay mm. Colony <laughs> who banned it just like it had been banned in Britain Very because it was a holiday of drunken yeah. debauchery at the time. <laughs> and I mean, still I, is. I, well, it sh it sh I, I just want to say it should be more of a drunken, debauched holiday than it is right now. I think if we did like they did back in the day and went door to door trying to get rich people uh, to coerce through violence, <laughs> rich people, I think you call that robbery, uh, mm. to give us money, I, I think that would make a much better holiday. I just got to say, I think that'd be a much more fun Christmas. Uh, but in 1920s, Benedict, many, many years after that first banning of Christmas, after it had come back around for a while, a pioneer of American thought wrote in a pamphlet, quote, Last Christmas, most people had a hard time finding Christmas cards that indicated in any way that Christmas commemorated oh someone's birth. Oh, my God. Oh, this is Can't so even boring. find Christmas cards that bring up the baby Jesus, Benedict. And later on, that same great thinker, he would have his thoughts collected into a volume and published, and within that volume was the passage, quote, Not only do the Jews disagree with Christian teaching, which is their perfect right, and no one dare question it, but they seek to interfere with it. It is not religious tolerance in the midst of a religious difference, but religious attack that they preach and practice. The whole record of Jewish opposition to Christmas, Easter, and certain patriotic songs shows that. That thinker Benedict was, of course... American industrialist Henry Ford, and that yep, collected that volume right. was his yep. book, The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. Mm, okay, yeah, that's... 
you forget how bad he was sometimes, <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, okay. Uh, some people don't forget how bad he was. I, no, I tend to no. remember. No, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, and just to say, right, you and I were both atheists, but we celebrate Christmas just because it's a holiday and yeah, cause it's, it's a there. fun time and it's, yeah, I, I don't have any particular problem with Christmas and I don't know many people who actually do have a problem Nobody with Christmas. Has a problem with Christmas. I, I can't think of anyone who I know who actually gets mad about Merry Christmas. I, I don't know nobody, anyone who does. Kevin, nobody has ever been mad about this. Well... The right certainly has. Well, I know, but <laughs> nobody's been mad about someone saying Merry Christmas. True, true. Uh, but what Ford was likely complaining about in that that horribly anti-Semitic pamphlet uh, was something that would become the core of most anger over the war on Christmas for decades, namely the fact that Jews exist in the United States. Was, uh, um, was Henry Ford the original problematic automobile CEO? Is Elon Musk <laughs> the legacy? Elon Musk is just... <laughs> The legacy. He's just living up. He's just living up to that great legacy of Henry Ford. Henry Ford, the original um, poster. I mean, it'd be hard to get any closer. Uh, talking about a guy whose father had African mines in the 1980s. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk let's, about something better. Yeah. Spaceships, Benedict. Spaceships. Uh-huh, spaceships yeah, sure. are cool. Everyone sure. likes spaceships mm-hmm. and emeralds. Uh, but for most of U.S. history, you know, it was mainly Jewish organizations and some other groups that opposed things like mandatory school prayer and Bible reading and stuff like that. Because for a long part of U.S. history, um, Jews were the only significant religious minority in the U.S. that, you know, didn't want Christianity shoved down their throats or that had any sort of significant numbers to say anything about it. Yeah, I think probably the African slaves weren't Christians at the time. Well, I would say eventually they became Christians, but, you know, that's a whole different deal to get into about they didn't really have have a voice to object to yeah i would yeah they they didn't really have an option but you know more recently of course we have a bunch of larger atheist communities and organizations and a wider variety of religious groups in the u.s and you know hindus and muslims and every we have everything now um who don't want to have christianity pushed onto them and their children and therein lies the problem for a whole bunch of these people on the far right in the united states including another one of our uh stable of chuckle fucks i don't know uh the john birch society Mm. in 1959 the john birch society published a pamphlet which and by the way i really want to find a copy of this pamphlet it's entitled there goes christmas (laughs) and i found it listed in uh funny right 1959 (laughs) there goes christmas it's like Um, it's just like there goes the neighborhood it's like But I found it in Google Books, just a listing that it exists, but there wasn't a digital copy. I searched a couple places. I couldn't find any PDFs of it or anything. So if anyone knows and wants to point me towards it, I would love to have this. Like, I I would love even, like, a printed original copy. This is, like, something I would collect. It's shit like this because of how weird I am. Everyone send Kevin John Birch pamphlets. Oh, God. I would collect John Birch pamphlets in a heartbeat. That is absolutely Just send it to Kevin in St. Louis. They'll find it. Pokemon cards and John Birch pamphlets. Those are the two things I will collect for the rest of my life. That's your address, right, Kevin? (laughs) St. Louis? That's it? (laughs) Yeah, just send it. Kevin at St. Louis. That's Uh, it. They'll find you. If it's meant to be, they'll find you. But the pamphlet said, quote, One of the techniques now being applied by the Reds to weaken the pillar of religion in our country is the drive to take Christ out of Christmas. To denude the event of its religious meaning, the UN fanatics launched their assault on Christmas in 1958, but too late to get very far before the holy day was at hand. That's pretty late. They're already busy. For the UN to have launched an assault on Christmas. I mean, I, I don't... UN 1948, I think 46, 48, sometime around then. The UN. Also, was if you take exactly. Christ out of Christmas, you still have mass. So what's that? You still have Isthmus. About? You have <laughs> shit. I was gonna say you have Isthmus, but sure, no. sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> it continues. They are already busy, however, at this very moment on efforts to poison the 1959 Christmas season with their high-pressure propaganda. But and they, they were now... successful, which is why we don't celebrate Christmas <laughs> to this day. Which is why uh, we don't have uh, Santa on Coca-Colas or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Exactly. What they now want to put over on the American people is simply this. 
department stores throughout the country are to utilize UN symbols and emblems as Christmas Stop. decorations. Kevin, I... Can you imagine UN symbols? Yeah. In department stores? People believe this. I have to stress every time. They didn't say this because they didn't... They fucking believed this. Yeah. That's one that's just like... The stupidity of that one blows even me away. Even with everything I know about the John Birch Society, that one's just a step too far in the dumb for me to even wrap my head around. Yeah. But Benedict, of course, we know the war on Christmas, it did not end when the John Birch Society struck that decisive blow against the United Nations. It continues to our very current day. And the modern war on Christmas, the first known use of the term the war on Christmas itself, was by the author of a book entitled Alien Nation, Common Sense About America's Immigration Disaster. And Benedict, this book is also written by a character of ours. I want you to take a guess of who wrote this book. Okay, give me the title again. Alien Nation, Common Mm. Sense About America's Immigration Disaster. And when was it written? Uh, That book, well, that's not where the the term comes from, but that book, I believe, was written in uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Is that this is someone for... you have gotten upset at me for bringing up on our show. Oh God! Is it? Is it? Uh, is that a bit early for Glenn Beck? Uh, presumably, yeah, right. Nope. Nope. Not Glenn Beck. Okay. Um. Benedict, this is former white supremacist oh, editor good. at the white supremacist outlet National Review and current white supremacist editor at the white supremacist website Vdare, Peter Brimelo. Okay. That is who coined the term War on Christmas. That is not at all who I would have thought came up with the term. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that's who came up with it. And he used it first on V-Dare. He had already started his white supremacist website and posted about it on there. This is like shortly after he got kicked out of National Review for just being too racist for them to pretend he was tolerable um, and going and starting V-Dare. But the first use of the term war on Christmas was a December 12, 2000 post on V-Dare titled, quote, V-Dare says Merry Christmas and V-Dare says the hell with it. And it starts, quote, Before the purge at National Review, I had persuaded editor John O'Sullivan to run an annual competition for the most egregious attempt to suppress Christmas. I gather it's been abandoned now. In fact, last year, National Review even touted a holiday book section on its cover. Sick Transit Gloria! Why, they'll be endorsing George W. next. I just... Continuing, Sick but the trans- war against Hold on. Sick- <laughs> yeah, I knew you wanted to do the Latin. I knew you'd want to do the Latin. <laughs> yeah, Sick Transit Gloria. First of all, what? <laughs> Why? I we- don't know. <laughs> that. <laughs> I I mean I guess, but it's just, like this is how all the great things of the world pass. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Also, like, why are you saying sick transit Gloria? Sick, tra- sick transit Gloria Monday is the phrase. Well, Benedict, this is a white supremacist idiot, so don't expect him to be correct. But he continues, quote, But the war against Christmas rages on, part of the struggle to abolish America. V-Dare enjoys a happy relationship with Amazon.com, the online bookstore. Recently, we got this cheery email from it. And then he goes on to explain how he got an email that said holiday instead of Christmas, and he emailed their customer support, and they got back to him and said, um, sorry, we just, uh, That's a I don't know. I, I'm a guy sitting behind a computer yeah. at Amazon who's this here is- to deal with, like, if your shipping information was wrong, that's what I do. This is very I, much not my job. This this is someone else's job. I'm going to pass this on to nobody. Um, so that's that's where we get the term. Of course, that wasn't the only thing that uh, white supremacist editor of the white supremacist website, V-Dare, Peter Brimelo, white supremacist, uh, wrote on his website, V-Dare, white supremacist website, um, uh, about Christmas. Uh, other selections from other articles that he wrote on V-Dare, the white supremacist website, uh, which were compiled by Snopes, because I didn't want to go to his website mm-hmm. uh, with this computer. I feel like there it, it'd be dirty. I feel like I'd have to destroy 
my computer or something after that? I don't know. Uh, things like, the city manager in Eugene, Oregon, has banned Christmas trees on city property. Reportedly, he consulted with the people for the American Way and with the ACLU, parenthetical, usual suspects, uh-huh. and got their wholehearted support. Benedict, he also started the trend of picking out tiny little non-issues, distorting them, and turning that into the war on Christmas. It uh, all goes back to a white supremacist. He didn't stop And I'm not trend. talking about Henry Ford. He didn't start that trend. <laughs> I, did, I, I mean, maybe he said the words first, but Started he it with the war on trend. Christmas. Yeah, maybe, although I'm not even convinced about that. Here's another, here's another one from his website. Quote, my children attend a private Catholic, all mm, caps for some reason, school sense. in Shreveport, Louisiana. They have just been informed that Happy Holidays will replace Merry Christmas, since the latter is offensive to non-Christians. A parochial school, no less. P.S. This is the same school which banned everything Confederate, so as not to insult, in scare quotes, the literally one or two blacks in the entire school. Ew. Yeah. A, I don't believe the premise. I don't believe that a Catholic school is banning Merry Christmas in the slightest. Um, as someone who was in a Catholic grade school at this time when he was writing that. Yeah, totally don't believe it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that it got gross there at the end, didn't it? It yeah, got, got is, a little gross. Uh, unsurprising. But the war on Christmas really came online in 2004 when serial sexual harasser Bill O'Reilly, in between groping female employees of Fox News, launched a segment on his show titled Christmas Under Siege. Mm-hmm. And the main complaint in those early halcyon days was that Federated Department Stores, which is the company that owned Macy's and Bloomingdale's, and I think they owned a couple of other stores that I couldn't tell you about, um, had decided to tell their employees to say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Okay. That great tragedy. And of course, all these department stores still spent like November 1st through December 30th looking like Santa had explosively ejaculated all over the store with Christmas on the packaging and the signage and the decorations. But that's not good enough if the cashier says Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas to you. Uh, so serial sexual harasser and groper O'Reilly and his band of shit weasels called for a boycott of Macy and Bloomingdale's until they agreed to say Merry Christmas and like it. And uh, that that they they said Merry Christmas the next year, and that was uh, oh, did they? that was it. So that was that's weird. I mean, you would think like but, how many people are actually like if you need to go to Macy's, you need to go to Macy's. Like you know, mm-hmm. people aren't going but to like, Macy's. You, you live in New York City, where yeah. there is a I I will say like maybe a um a big deal Macy's. Yeah, there. it's a it's um, a full block with like fourteen yeah. floors. Yeah, it's and big, you know how it's that big Macy's. You know how uh, there was a time period where they didn't have any Christmas there, and now they, they have it again because mm. of Bill O'Reilly, yeah, and that's absolutely. the only reason why they reason. do any Christmas decorations whatsoever. Yep. It's, it's entirely uh, that's right. Bill, you know how that's a thing. So That's right. Success. I guess. Uh, and, it's, of course, I think somewhere along the way, they must have noticed that, oh, my God, this, this worked. Now, this is still 2004. Fox News wasn't what we think of it as today exactly. I think Sean Combs was still on the network at the time. Mm. Or uh, not Sean. What What is his first name? Combs? It's Sean Hannity and something Combs. I can't remember that other dude's name. Who cares? He didn't matter. Um, I think he still had a show on the network at the time, though. I don't think he was with Hannity still, but I think he still had a show of his own at, like, you know, 2 a.m. or whatever they gave him. Um, but they, they were figuring it out. They were getting their stride, right? Um, they were certainly a right-wing shitbag network, but they hadn't quite gotten. I mean, you know, when I think of the Fox News coming into its own, I think of Glenn Beck getting on the network. That's what I think of. Mm. I think of that 2008-2009 time frame of being Maybe. really when they when they got it. Maybe. You know, I that's, don't know. They struck Pater with that one, but they realized after this war on Christmas thing started, this, this is something. There's something here. And, of course, that turned it into a yearly outrage cycle. And I wish I had more uh, clips to play you about this because um, in the archives I usually use on Media Matters when I go back for Fox News and stuff, um, for some reason, all their stuff from, like, 2005 there that's all this War on Christmas stuff, all their their media is corrupted or it's not working or whatever the case is. I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, It really annoyed me. So what I found I had to search for in YouTube and things, which is... Not nearly as easy as I like it, so <laughs> I wasn't able to find a lot of this early stuff of, of O'Reilly and all them doing their war on Christmas nonsense. But 
A bunch of other groups got on board over the years uh, on serial sexual harasser Bill O'Reilly's promotion of this event. Uh, the American Family Association is one. They published their annual naughty or nice list uh, for retailers. And I have to say, uh, the last one appears to have been in 2019. I didn't see one for 2020. I didn't see one for 2021. I don't know if they just there were stopped doing bigger it. things to worry about in Yeah, there was, there was some stuff going on, perhaps, but Benedict... Who cares who's on their nice list? I want to tell you about the naughty list because the okay. naughty list includes such such prolific websites as uncommongoods.com, mm. which is on the naughty list because, quote, company refers to Christmas infrequently or in a single advertising medium, but not in others. Okay. Uncommon Goods is on the naughty list. Also, Benedict, on the naughty list, Family Dollar. <laughs> Family Dollar is on the naughty list. Benedict. I don't even know what that is. It's a dollar store. Are you not aware okay. of what a dollar store? It's a version. I of know what a dollar store, store is, but I don't. Also, know this is the one that got me. This is the one that's weird. Victoria's Secret on oh. the naughty list. I would not have thought so. And is then that, I went. Is that her secret? <laughs> maybe it is. I went and searched for Victoria's Secret and Christmas. Like I did, like a Google search for it, and. Basically, did nothing you, came did up. Did you find a bunch of sexy lingerie? No! That's the weird thing. I didn't that, find that hardly why any stuff. On, do you think they would be more likely to be on the naughty list if they had, like, Christmas lingerie? Or is, I that, don't is think, that disrespecting Christmas? Like, I, I don't think Victoria's Secret really sells much of that lingerie and stuff anymore, as maybe they did a little bit back in the day. I think, like, you know, that, that's more like uh, Fredericks of Hollywood type stuff. So I don't I don't know if they really have any of that kind of stuff going on there, but it was just weird. Of course, Starbucks on the marginal list because oh, really I feel like they would definitely be on the naughty. You know list how when you have a cups. list that you know when you have a list that's titled naughty or nice, you also have a marginal column. Yeah, I I well you know I naughty nice and ah he's okay. <laughs> yeah yeah a little bit of ah in there. Uh, also Safeway, Sears, Whole sure. Foods, those are on the marginal list. Wow, Whole Bass Foods. Pro Shops, Benedict. They're on the nice list. Of you know where they, they are. are. You know where Bass Pro Shops is. But that's the sort of pe- thing that people are doing. But my my pillow is on the nice list, too. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, they were trying to organize all these boycotts against these companies. Um, you know, who knows how much success they actually had. Zero. Those, those companies all still exist. <laughs> I don't know about, uh, what was it, True, not True Value. It was uh, UncommonGoods.com. UncommonGoods is big. That's really? Big, I had yeah. never heard of it before I saw it on the list. I had no idea what it was. I didn't no, bother to look into it. I didn't sure. think it mattered, but I guess now I have to go to UncommonGoods.com, new sponsor of this, non-sponsor of this podcast, mm-hmm. who sell things? They sell? They sell uncommon things. They sell, like, stuff? yeah. Like, like, um, cucumber-scented hair gel? I don't know. It's uncommon? It's not, it's not impossible to find, but uncommon? Mm. Maybe? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, Benedict, as you and I know, being people alive in the world with access to internet, um, there's been a history of horrific outrages perpetrated against Christmas across the years. And starting, of course, in 2004, uh, Bill O'Reilly announced on his show... Secular progressives realize that America, as it is now, will never approve of gay marriage, partial birth abortion, euthanasia, legalized drugs, income redistribution through taxation, and many other progressive visions because of religious opposition. But if the secularists can destroy religion in the public arena, the brave new progressive world is a possibility. That's what happened in Canada. Mm. As we all know. As we all know. Super liberal, atheist Canada. That's what happened. Continuing to 2006, O'Reilly on his show claimed that a Wisconsin elementary school had changed the lyrics to Silent Night to be more politically correct during a 2005 Christmas performance. Okay, what did they change? Of course, the the lyrics um, from that were uh, from a Christmas play about a lonely tree lamenting its state to the tune of Mm. Silent Night. Okay. It's like... I don't know. I'm a tree, really lonely. I don't wow, know. Okay, that's, it was make... about a Christmas tree. God damn it! Did you make that up on the spot? I did just make that up that's on the spot because I can't look up lyrics from a local fucking Christmas play about a tree in 2005. Perfect. Where am I gonna find that? Nowhere. 
Nowhere will I find that. Okay. I And I know that because I tried to mm, find the lyrics yeah, to yeah. that song. No, I just thought you might have pre-written the lyrics. I don't know. You no. You have to get it to rhyme. No, I nicely, didn't. So. Uh, but yes, of course, it was it was a Christmas play. It was a Christmas play. Um, in uh, also in two thousand six, uh, Fox's website accused the NBA of attacking Christmas by scheduling games on Christmas Day. Um, apparently, not knowing that the Lakers at that point had played on every Christmas Day since nineteen ninety one, and it's a holiday tradition that but uh, basketball is played on Christmas because that's. Just what happens on Christmas in 2011? Right-wing outrage. Right, I should say, righteous indignation. Righteous indignation arose from the ground itself because a child had made an ornament that said, I love President Obama for a Christmas tree that the Obama administration had nothing to do with but that they implied was the national Christmas tree that sits outside of the White House, but actually it's it's not. It, it's one that's uh, in front of the Capitol that the Capitol architect decorates with ornaments from a specific state every year, and this one happened to be from California. But and a you would child say made it. That, it, that it's a Christmas tree. <laughs> it was, in fact, a Christmas tree. But mm. Benedict, they put an ornament on it that said, I love President Obama on a Christmas tree on federal ground. That a child made. Mm. A child made that ornament. What an outrage. Always. But then in Benedict, possibly the greatest outrage to ever be perpetrated upon white women anywhere, uh, Megyn Kelly was confronted with Black Santa. And that led oh, her God, to I grace remember us. remember that one. I remember that one. <laughs> that led her to grace us with possibly one of the greatest, greatest clips of all time, which I'll play for you right now. Santa Claus should not be a white man anymore. And when I saw this headline, I kind of laughed and I said, oh, this is so ridiculous. Yet another person claiming it's racist to have a white Santa, you know? And by the way, for all you kids watching at home, Santa just is white, but this person is just arguing that, that maybe we should, we should also have a black Santa. But, you know, Santa is what he is. And just so you know, we're just debating this because some- Now, I love the fact that she felt there. She had to go tell the children <laughs> now, kids, who are watching. Santa is white. Now, now, now he's real. He's just white. Yep. <laughs> he's he's real. You Kevin, just, you you really need to know that other piece of information about him. Real, but also white. Kevin. Benedict. Kevin, <laughs> where was Saint Nicholas from? Can you tell me? Do you know where Saint Nicholas was from? Uh somewhere really rapey. Somewhere really rapey. Why are you saying that? It's a weird thing. I feel to like say. there's. I feel like it's a really rapey myth that a man sneaks into people's houses and. Leaves things there. I okay. feel like it's just all, inherently rapey. Saint Nicholas was not that that like that has nothing to do with Saint Nicholas. Mm-hmm. He just became sure. that. So no. Would you like to actually <laughs> guess? Please tell me, Benedict. Turkey. Turkey. Well, Benedict, that carries over into what you might have forgotten was actually the later part of that clip, mm-hmm. which I'll play for you right okay. now. Okay. Great. Just because it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean it has to change. You know, I mean Jesus yeah. was a white man too, yeah. but you know, okay. like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Now you remember, Benedict. Yeah, Palestinian. Now you remember how bad that clip really was. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, that's it. I remember. Yep, that's great. So cool. yes, yep. Megyn Kelly dealt with that outrage, of course, as we all know. Um, I, I it's it's a, a sign of her grace that she got through that moment. Um, what they were talking about, by the way, the underlying thing was just, I think somebody had written an op-ed, I don't remember exactly, it was a blogger for Slate, um, who was just, it was an African-American woman, she was writing about her experience of not having a Santa that she could relate to, um, and I think at some point, like, Megan Kelly almost gives, like, a, a nod to understanding that feeling, mm-hmm. but basically her thing is, well, you should just get over it. Yeah. I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, very bad. And then Benedict... In 2015, the full artillery barrage mm. in the war on Christmas strikes. And uh, I, I don't know if the, the North Pole is still standing, but that is, of course, the plain red Starbucks cup of mm. 2015. Famously. And Benedict, the one man who was When not- Starbucks became non-marginal, firmly non-marginal. The one man who is not allowed to say the words that I'm about to play for you said the words that I'm about to play for you. This makes me very nervous. Filing tonight, the factor tip of the day. There's some anger over Starbucks, its coffee cups, and Christmas. Last year, the coffee cups Starbucks used had a little wintry design on it. 
Nothing directly associated with Christmas, just a pleasant little image. This year the cup is just red, no design. Now, when we first saw the red cup, I thought Starbucks may be favoring the Republican states. But then I realized that's impossible. It's a Seattle-based company. Then I heard Donald Trump and others were angry about the little red cup, saying it dismissed Christmas. Well, as the original war on Christmas five-star general, I have to say, I don't see any problem here. Oh, He is not allowed to do that because he is the war on Christmas five-star general. He is not allowed to play fucking reasonable when it star comes to Starbucks red goddamn cups. Yeah. He's not allowed to be that guy. That was way better than I thought it was going to be. Right! <laughs> you thought he was going to say it was, ah, it's the end of the world, but no. Also, I completely forgot that it was a regular thing on O'Reilly's show to have his staff laughing at non-jokes yeah. that he said in the background and that annoys the shit out of me that's just awful i'll never laugh at one of your jokes again <laughs> that's a different thing but like uh -huh. you can laugh at my jokes okay. you can laugh at mine but better to, you know then 2016 the election of donald trump um mm. his christmas one big platform. I mean, if we had to, to that was his 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 main. If we policy had to platform, list the right? main Trump policy platform positions, it's wall, brown Christmas. people bad, Christmas. Probably what? probably the ones, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't think of tax cuts, obviously, but I mean, come on. Um, and then the the war on Christmas has been fixed. And going back to like why there's no 2020 and 2021 naughty and nice lists. Maybe it's because he won. No, Maybe we we have a counteroffensive plan for 2021. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. But Benedict, so that's that's been the war on Christmas, and I have a couple more instances for you. Okay. Um, just of little events, little things that have happened in the war on Christmas, just to end us off, because you and I we're about to go off and celebrate the holidays and be mm. frustrated and be with our families and angry and sweaty and probably greasy you know mm. all the things that you feel all the things uh, that i always am anyway you know how greasy is a feeling uh -huh. um so we're about to go feel all those things so let's let's send it off with a few more of our favorite people saying some really great things and and let's start with uh, this great little ad that that ran on pat robertson's christian broadcasting network about christmas merry happy holidays you can say merry christmas actually no i can't this is a woman in a store who's being told to say that. I can't, I can't tell them. Oh, that the construction workers are carting away the nativity scene. It's tragedy. But then she gets home. She opens a card. And there's a sticker that says Merry Christmas that she can put on her window. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And the black mailman Merry sees Christmas, it. Kids. And now he has Merry Christmas on you his can you, bring light and joy to a culture that wants to remove Christ from the season. Watch for this mailing and display your Merry Christmas window cling in your home or car as a witness to keep Christ in Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, it is. Merry Christmas. Transform your neighborhood. Call 1-800-759-0700 for your Christmas cling. Benedict, did you know we could solve the entire war on Christmas with a window sticky thingy? Yeah. That <laughs> seems very obvious to me. Um, also, this is all very offensive to me because in the UK we say Happy Christmas, not Merry Christmas. Okay, so. no, this this is the real war on Christmas yeah. here. This is the real fucking bullshit <laughs> we have to deal with. Happy Christmas. What is that nonsense? What? It just what? comes off, it, it hits the ear like a goddamn wrecking ball. <laughs> it it just sounds completely it wrong. May, maybe in your accent. I, ca I can't explain why. And here's the thing, Benedict, as an American, I don't have to explain why. <laughs> But, Benedict, somebody has to explain to Gretchen Carlson mm. why there's a Festivus poll going up in Florida. Okay, let's do it. Please. <laughs> That's the classic episode. I mean, the episode was funny, but not Festivus. Explaining the origin of the fake holiday. Fake! No, no, no. Festivus was the funny part of that episode. Yeah, what do that, you think? It, uh, it very much was the joke. That's the whole joke. <laughs> holiday festivus but now a nearly six foot tall festivus pole made from empty beer cans okay about to go it. up at the florida that is not do you tall. remember this story do no, you remember this story a, i do okay but a six foot sorry a nearly six foot tall 
Festivus pole is shorter Made than... Made of beer cans, sh- so it doesn't even have a very big diameter. No, shorter than the average man. There's no no length to it, no girth to wait, it. Like, what wait, are wait, we... Wait, wait, wait. Six foot. How tall do you think the average man is? Nearly six foot, she said. And the, the, average, uh, the average man is five foot ten. I, I think, think it is a six foot pole. I think it actually is six foot. She, she said, just said nearly, nearly six foot. Maybe it's, it's I'm, a few centimeters short. I'm uh, only, oh, I'm only damn, going off... America. We don't what, use that metric shit. Yeah. But, you know, okay, so, but, but there's a Festivus poll, and it's, it's an outrage. It's going up. Sure. It's a state capital. I'm not kidding. It's part of a not-so-subtle protest against the nativity scene already on display there. Bill, I am so outraged by this. Why? Do- that oh, is a scripted right. I am so outraged at yeah. this if I have ever heard it. Relax. Do I have to drive around with my kids to look for nativity scenes and be like, oh yeah, kids, look, there's baby Jesus behind the Festivus pole look, look. made out of beer cans. It's nuts. Remember? Okay. She asked the question, why does she have to drive around with her kids looking for nativity scenes? You don't. Like Simply you do. make your own. Like you do. And why, when she rolls up on the courthouse lawn, which I believe was where this was put, um is the nativity scene behind the Festivus pole. Because, so it's closer to the courthouse, <laughs> presumably. I just love this shit. And so that story, what it came down to, it was a group in Florida. Um, I don't remember what group in particular it was. It might have been one of our many atheist groups out there who do this stuff just to show um, the hypocr- hypocrisy of uh, Christians who claim that, oh, we're, we're just for we're everybody. We're not for forcing Christianity on anybody. We're just about, we all want to be able to celebrate our stuff. Mm-hmm. But why are they against the Festivus poll if it's just about letting everybody have their good time? It's, it doesn't, doesn't make... They're, they're acts because they're actually just fundamentalist Christian nationalists who want to enforce their religion upon all of us. But, Benedict, we have one final video. Okay, let's To end it. this episode off for us and to really ring us into the happy holiday season that we're going for. And this is from... Right, last one. Let's go. Our beloved PragerU telling us to just say Merry Christmas. Okay, let's do it. The change from wishing fellow Americans Merry Christmas to wishing them Happy Holidays is a very significant development. No, it's really not. (laughs) Really fucking not. Because one is inclusive of the other. Mm -hmm. So, it's really not that, that significant at all. Proponents of Happy Holidays argue it's no big deal. Proponents of Merry Christmas are making a mountain out of a molehill. True. But the Happy Holidays advocates want it both ways. They dismiss opponents as hysterical, but at the same time, in addition to replacing Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays, they have relentlessly pushed to replace Christmas vacation with winter vacation and Christmas party with holiday party. Oh, Benedict, that relentless push. Relentless push that we've been on. You know how everywhere you can no longer find a Christmas vacation. It just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Probably at that uh, Catholic school that uh, white supremacist Pete Brimlow's kids go to. Probably now just call it a winter vacation because they're not mm-hmm. allowed to call it anything other than that. Um, and you know how the Christmas party I had for my law firm uh, last week, it, w- it was actually, I mean, it was called a Christmas party, but you know how it was actually called a holiday party because w- we're not allowed to say Christmas, and that's mm-hmm. why even though we called it a Christmas party, it was called a holiday party mm-hmm. to Dennis? Okay, let's continue. So then, which is it? Is all this what? elimination of the word Christmas important or not? No, the answer, not really. <laughs> there, there really just is one answer there, um, and one side is, is consistently saying one thing, and we're all saying, it's not. It's not important. Yeah, You're just making it, it a matter. big deal. We have a slight preference, but whatever, mm-hmm. do you, boo? Like, yeah, yeah. Also, here's the, the answer thing. is it's, obvious. It's mostly, like, t- again, like language preferences like it's mostly to strangers right like it's it's like if you don't know someone's religious preferences or religious orientation then you say happy holidays because you don't know what they're celebrating but to your friends which which is the very reason why these companies like macy's did this in the first place because at the time america was becoming more pluralistic we were 
you it's know, inclusive Christ- language and not making assumptions. That's all it exactly. is. But people That's- still say Merry Christmas to their friends. Like, and- if you know someone ce- celebrates Christmas, people well. say, in the same way I would say Happy Hanukkah to, some, to, a, to someone celebrating Hanukkah, I would say Merry Christmas to a Christian. Like, it's very, very easy. That's all this is. That's all it boils down to. It's not making assumptions about what Benedict. people celebrate. Benedict, Benedict. I feel like <sighs> you're I just snapped. turning. The- it got to an hour I and I can't snapped. believe... You're turning this huge deal into a, a minor nothing. I, mm. I can't believe you would do a thing like that. Obvious, it's very important. That's why so much effort is devoted to substituting other words for Christmas. And the- No, no, it's not a substitution. That's, that's the thing that annoys me a little bit. It's not a substitution. Because, yeah. as I said, holidays is inclusive. Mm-hmm. It uh, just annoys me. These efforts have been extraordinarily successful. In place of the universal Merry Christmas of my youth, in recent decades, I... Benedict, here's the thing. Happy Holidays is universal. No, Benedict, Dennis Prager is Jewish. I know, I know. We've been over this. So, in his household in particular, it it wouldn't have been universal. That's insane. That's insane that this man would sit in front of this camera and say those words. Lie to our faces. Jesus Christ, this is psychopathic. I have been wished happy holidays by every waiter and waitress in every restaurant I have dined, by everyone who welcomes me at any business, by my flight attendants and pilots, and by just about everyone else. Yeah, and strangers on the streets. Although they say, fuck you, and then happy holidays. But it's the same thing. When I respond, thank you. Why Merry you Christmas. I don't know, because when I think of strangers on the street saying mean stuff, I think of like that New Yorky type. No, but you, know, you, you did it for the guy describing his interactions. Yeah, the bridge and tunnel kind of guy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Goomba. Okay. <laughs> I often sense that I've actually created some tension. <gasps> Many of those I wouldn't no, have, Dennis. just by being there. Well, Nobody likes uh, but you. not because he said Merry Christmas. It's whatever other bullshit came out of his mouth at the same time, I'm sure. Wish Merry Christmas. It's because he said, no, it's pronounced Merry Christmas. That's why he created yeah. some tension. Probably relieved to hear someone who feels free to utter the C word. <laughs> but all the sensitivity <laughs> training they've had to undergo... I am also fairly sure that Dennis says the other C word regularly in his normal life. Oh, I don't think so. Creates cognitive dissonance. The opponents of Merry Christmas and other uses of the word the Christmas know exactly what Christmas. they're doing. Oh my God. They're, that's the foot the, soldiers, that's the, thing. the foot soldiers fighting Merry Christmas. That's very much the thing. Like you and I joke a bunch about being anti Christmas, right? Ah, it's, it's happy holidays. Nobody is an opponent of Merry Christmas. There, no. That's not a thing. There are proponents of Happy Holidays, probably. There's probably some people out there who are like that, and I, I wouldn't particularly care. It's, use whichever one you want. Or if they're trying to influence other people to use Happy Holidays rather than the Merry Christmas. That's fine as well. I don't give a shit. But there is almost no one who is an opponent of Merry Christmas. That just doesn't exist. No. They're disingenuous when they dismiss defenders of Merry Christmas as fabricating some, quote, war on Christmas. Of course it's a war on Christmas. By the way, he's quoting his premises, Peter Brimelow there, in case you you weren't aware. Or more precisely, a war on the religious nature of America. The left in America, like the left in Europe, wants to create a thoroughly secular society. Not a secular government, which is a desirable goal and which in any event has always been the case in America, but a secular... I'm pretty sure there are multiple five-minute videos on PragerU.com which argue the exact opposite of that sentiment. (laughs) America is not, in fact, a secular government. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm pretty sure I watched one earlier today preparing for the next episode we're going to do. That seems right. ...society... Most people do not realize that the left believes in secularism as fervently as religious Jews and Christians believe in the Bible. That's why Merry Christmas bothers secular activists. It does. It's a blatant reminder of just how religious America is and always has been. So here's a prediction. Activists on the left will eventually seek to remove Christmas 
as a national holiday. <laughs> now, the left doesn't announce... That is a pretty... That's a bullshit prediction. Yeah. When your prediction is eventually, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. You can go fuck right off when it's, oh, well, why hasn't it happened over the last 30 years? I said eventually. It'll happen yeah. in, I don't know, after One day, I'm dead. 30, 22. <laughs> Announced that its agenda is to thoroughly secularize American and European societies. Instead, they offer the inclusiveness argument that Merry Christmas or Christmas party or Christmas vacation is not inclusive. That is true. No, that's the opposite of the argument. It's that holiday party is inclusive. Yeah. That, that's what it is. He's ignoring... Mm-hmm. Right, he is correct in that Christmas is not inclusive of other things, right? Just if you're talking about, it, you know, stacking cups, right? Some cups are underneath the cup on top. Mm-hmm. Holiday is the top cup because all other cups are underneath the holiday cup. Just how it works. No, holiday is the bottom cup. This inclusive argument plays on Americans' highly developed sense of decency. But the argument oh, is... Americans' highly developed sense of decency! Yes, the famously most, makes- most decent and collectivist country in the world. You know, we have this thing America. that happens sometimes where I suddenly remember that we have already discussed a certain video that we're doing. That's where it happened for me. Yep. I just remember that we have definitely done this video before. All right. Well, let's. let's I don't remember let's wrap when. It up. <laughs> just had a but serious no, done it. sound. Uh, well, you know what? It's still Christmas time. Let's give it a couple more seconds. Let's see where this goes with this highly developed sense of American decency. Is preposterous. Who exactly is being excluded when one wishes someone Merry Christmas? Non-Christians? Yes. I'm a non-Christian. I'm a Jew. Mm-hmm. Christmas is not a religious holy day for me, but I'm an American, and Christmas is a national holiday in my country. It is therefore my holiday, though not my holy day, as much as <laughs> it is for now. my fellow... Oh, That's God. it. That got me. Yeah, that was where it was. Yeah, I yep, it yep, yep. Oh, him not understanding etymology... Him not understanding goddamn anything there, mm-hmm. man. That's, oh, that is some hard, that's that, that's, 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 that's me that chasing shit. the dragon. That's yep. me mainlining that good shit right there. Oh, man, I love it so much, but, you know. Done it before. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> done it before? Can we still give it a little bit longer? We're, we're almost no. done. No. Can we finish this off? Nope, that's it. Finish. Benedict, can this be my holiday present? Fine. <laughs> fellow Americans who are Christian. That's why... By the way, just realize that uh, Dennis Prager is agreeing with uh, Henry Ford here. Just, just You have to stop that's the stopping case. the video if you're going to make me watch know, the rest of it. I know. It's not surprising that it was an American Jew, Irving Berlin, who wrote White Christmas, one of America's oh, most God, popular yeah, Christmas songs. Okay. Benedict, did you know that that musical has a whole song about a minstrel show in it? No. Nope. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> in fact, according to a Jewish musician writing in the New York Times, almost all the most popular Christmas songs were written by Jews. Mm. Apparently, all these American Jews felt quite included by Christmas. Ugh, this is very stupid. By not wishing me a Merry Christmas, you are not being inclusive. You are excluding me from one of my nation's national holidays. But Sorry, are you Christmas saying it's a holiday? Not a national are you holiday. literally saying it is a I holiday? Would... Christmas is a holiday. So when we say happy holidays, holy day, perhaps. It's... Yeah. Happy holidays, Benedict. I want pilots to wish their passengers Merry Christmas. Companies to have Christmas parties. I want pilots to wish their passengers, please put your tray tables up and your seat back in the full upright positions because we're about to land. That, not, that's what I want. That's not your best pilots. I, you know what? <laughs> It's been a long day. I know. And we are recording multiple episodes ahead of time so we can go off and be horrified Have happy holidays with our families. Yeah, yeah all, all those happy holidays. Uh, we got about 40 seconds left here. Let's get through this. Parties and schools to continue to have Christmas vacations. Just because I don't personally celebrate Christmas, why would I want to drop the word Christmas when the holiday is celebrated by 90% of my fellow Americans? It borders on the misanthropic, not to mention the mean-spirited. Those mean the same thing. want to deny nearly all of your fellow citizens <laughs> oh, the joy yes. of having Christmas the cartoon parties, characters beating up Santa. A Merry Christmas. Yes. 
Oh, he just kicked him on the ground. He kicked Sam on the ground. Oh, God, it's a bloodbath. It's a fucking bloodbath. So well deserve better. So please say Merry Christmas and Christmas party and Christmas vacation. You just said this. If you don't, you're not inclusive. You're hurtful. <laughs> I'm Dennis okay. Prager. Benedict, happy holidays and a did merry Did he not even end the video with Merry Christmas? Uh, <laughs> I don't think he did. <laughs> ah. Jesus. Yep. That's what we get. Also, this is something that doesn't happen anymore with uh, PragerU videos, but this one actually ends with, this course was made possible by a generous donation from Reagan.com. Mm. Reagan.com. That's where we got that one from. Benedict! I'm so glad that we were able to enjoy this wonderful holiday season together. Um, I wish you the happiest of holidays, and mm -hmm. may all your holidays be bright, may your, all of your holidays be merry and cheerful and enjoyable, mm. and may all the well wishes of other holidays uh, be, be thrown mm -hmm. down upon you as you enjoy this wondrous holiday season. And you know what? Merry Christmas to everyone <laughs> that celebrates. See how easy that was? Well, that's what we have for you on this. Uh, this will be coming out a couple days before Christmas, so it's not quite Christmas Eve, holiday Eve. I don't know. I'm trying to make it work. Uh, but thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and tolerated the fact that maybe we, we half-assed it and took a little easy today. <laughs> uh, if you just can't may, get may have overindulged slightly. Remember, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. Become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early release of our episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Watterson, and George Soros. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, happy holidays, motherfuckers. Goodbye. Goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com. All their stores spent like November 1st through December 30th looking like Santa had explosively ejaculated, ejaculated all over the inside of the store. I have to re-say that because I can't mispronounce ejaculated in my show. I can't do that. <laughs> You're not doing and great of course, today. Yeah.